This recording is a production of the Conservative Anabaptist Education Committee. This presentation was recorded at the Conservative Anabaptist School Board Institute 2017, held in Sugar Creek, Ohio, on March 3 and 4. All right, we're uh, ready to wrap this up. We're on the countdown. Many of us have made new friends. I have. I've re renewed old acquaintances, some fairly old acquaintances, and I, it was a very much a pleasure to do that. So, what are we doing from here? Where are we going with all of this? One take-home point for me was very early, and it happened yesterday morning as the brother that was having the devotional. He made a point that simply went like this. We want God's blessing on our schools. I do. I hope you do. We want his blessing. We need his blessing. If we're going to, if we're going to be successful and survive long term, we need God's blessing. And the point he made was, I even forget the scripture that he read, but the point he made was that when we ask for God's blessing and we seek God's blessing in prayer and together, when we seek it and then we do it God's way, God will bless. And to me, that was a promise. That was a promise. Uh, without God's blessing, we're going to fail. Uh, I know... I know I will. What we're going to do is, uh, to wrap this up, we're going to navigate through some of the same slides that you saw yesterday morning. I hope you're okay with that. I tend to be a man of repetition. I'm not going to, I'm going to try hard not to repeat some of the things I said, but I may reinforce them in the invert or using a little bit different language. The other thing that I noticed was this seemed to be a year when all of the speakers at CASB had a lot to say about vision and mission. Uh, I guess either the planning committee or God himself knew that we needed some reminders on that. I, I just heard a lot about it and uh, I was blessed by that. So I guess it was the year for that. Did you notice yesterday that when I navigated through my first couple slides, my content slides, I said very little or nothing about finances? Did anyone notice that? All right, a few hands. That was deliberate. The lack of finances or the lack of funding to operate our schools, in my opinion, is, I want to be careful what I say here, but not an obstacle. It's a symptom of an obstacle. It's a symptom of a bigger problem. Now, I think for the most part, we've come, we've come a long way on this, I think. Um, let me ask it this way. Do you believe that there's enough money in the Anabaptist circles to successfully operate all of our schools? Do you believe it? Yeah, okay. We're united on that. Do you believe that we could successfully operate twice as many schools as we do today. I do. I think we have enough Ponzi schemes and that kind of thing among us that if we cut all of those out, we could operate, you know, 
All right. So the lack of finances is not so much an obstacle as it is a symptom of a problem. And I think we've, we've organizations, events like CASB have helped raise the bar on this. We come here, we meet each other, we take home some vision, we take home some enthusiasm, and enthusiasm is a word we haven't heard much, but it, it really is contagious. You come here as a school board, as an administration team, you go home, the enthusiasm that you carry home with you radiates and penetrates. You know, back to finances, our hearts follow our money and our money follows our heart. When someone buys a boat, do you think their heart's in it? Yep, yep, they wanted that boat. Uh, when they buy it, when they've invested, their heart goes there because they've invested finances. So when you try to raise money for your school, when you go for the, the finances to operate your school, go for the heart. Go for the enthusiasm, go for the heart, go for the, go for the program. Don't go for the pocketbooks because that won't happen. That's not long term. Go for their enthusiasm, go for their hearts, and you'll get it. All right. I asked Brother Jonas if I'm allowed to share a, a little bit of, sorry, a little bit of a personal story. As I mentioned earlier, I have attended, I think, nine of these CASB events and we would come here and go home and bemoan the fact that our schools, our schools in our local denomination are operating on islands of their own. And that was, that was a challenge that we had, that was an obstacle that we saw to long-term sustainability locally. From Southern Ontario, uh, part of the CMCO denomination, which is Conservative Mennonite Churches of Ontario, there's 10 schools in, the, in that particular denomination. There's another 10 or 15 that, that we associate with on a school level. So we'd go home and we'd see all of these islands operating on their own. And we'd wonder what could we do about that. And so I don't want to make this too detailed, but what, one thing that happened to us as a as a group there, as a denomination is, in 2014 there was, a, there was a, an effort made by our ministerial body to set up a small committee that simply said, how could we drive more excellence into our schools? Big, big paintbrush, go figure this out. Talk to us about what it is that we could do to simply drive more excellence, greater excellence. What are we doing to really sort of evaluate what are we doing and then what could we do better? Well, that committee simply sat down. I was on that committee. I chaired that committee actually. And there was a number of ministry, a couple ministry on the committee, a couple other school people. And we sat down and we, it was fun. We sat down and we looked at the history. We looked at what, what it is we're doing. 
And we really came out of there with one recommendation, and that was to establish a school resource committee that doesn't necessarily have uh, direct responsibility to any particular school. That was our recommendation. Our recommendation was to set up a committee that would have four laymen and possibly two pastors to, to work on some of these bigger picture pieces. How could we drive more excellence? Things like sit back and ask ourselves questions like, why is it so hard to find qualified staff? good staff, and then why do they leave us so soon? Questions like that. Why do we sometimes see families leave our church schools and either homeschool or some other more secular options? Why is that happening? So this, long story short, this committee was established Christian School Resource Committee, and I serve on that committee. Uh, Lauren Martin, where are you, Lauren? He also serves on that committee. He's here, right there. I didn't know Lauren real well before he, him and I got on this committee, but I've really, we had some really hard meetings where we got to know each other and, and um, talked about school and the vision why it is we do things the way we do, and how could we do them better. A couple things that we, we said that we are going to do as a committee. One is that, so there's a couple very specific things that we wanted to do. We wanted to aid the schools, help the schools in this whole HR side of schools. And that could include some training programs for teachers that could include some teacher mentoring programs that could include a lot of things. So that is a big piece. Another thing that we wanted to do is the whole curriculum thing. And, and I'll be very vulnerable here with you. I'm not a curriculum person. I, I think it's a stretch to say that I don't enjoy it, but I'm not gifted in that regard. So that always was a hard piece for me. And I see school board members and school administration that, that are supposed to speak into this, and they struggle with it. Can anyone relate to me, with me? Yeah. There's too many hands that go up on this point. It's hard work, especially for those of us that don't necessarily latch on to that. I don't know if we're dyslexic or what we are, but... Um, so this committee was formed to not, not so much give specific direction to these schools, but to aid them in finding their way in curriculum. The other thing that that is very important to us in Ontario is, is that of the government piece. So in Ontario, we have, a very, very, we have a very liberal government, but they have given us the opportunity. They have extended this private school, Christian school opportunity to us with very few strings attached. There are a few, and 
most of them are, the strings that are attached are more in regards to um, reporting. They want to know who our students are. They want to know who our teachers are. We, our teachers don't need to have teaching certificates, but they want to know who we are, what we are. And reporting is a bit of a challenge for some people. In fact, I'm ashamed to say that some of our schools were not even doing this. The government didn't even know they existed. They were breaking the law. And that was a concern of ours. So we have worked hard to fill those gaps and help them. We sort of positioned it like many of us don't file our own income tax. Uh, we're here to help you do that. We hired a secretary, an accountant actually, to help us with that. He's not on the committee, but he, he charges for his service, but he, he has aided the schools in becoming legal and to check those boxes, and that has been a really good thing. So that was another piece that we wanted to cover off because we have this privilege today. I'm not sure how long the government will extend this privilege. It may be different in Canada than it is here, but we don't know. It could change, could change very quickly. When it does change, we want to be prepared to have our, I'm going to say our nose clean. Let's do what we can today to make sure that we're ready for those conversations. And so that is a piece that this committee has been talking about, working on, and building up. All right, this committee, another thing that, that I suppose we could talk about when it comes to obstacles is, and I've heard many of you talk about this this in the last 30 hours in regards to your the structure of your school boards, the administration. Some are two years, some are three years, and then they cycle off and new board members are on, and some board members can't wait until they're back off. And that's, that's an obstacle, that's a challenge, that's a problem that we as Anabaptist schools, as Christian schools, we, we struggle with this. So this committee is four laymen, currently three pastors. Uh, our, term, our terms on this committee are four years with a possibility of, of going four consecutive terms. So it could be a 16-year uh, commitment. We wanted, to provide, we wanted to provide some continuity for school-related challenges. And uh, we're, we're feeling really good about it. Do we have it all figured out? Lauren, do we have it all figured out? No. Uh, and that's why we come to these events. It's one thing we've done. So one other point on that, then I'll move on. This committee, the, well, I'll say it in reverse. The schools that we serve do not report to this committee. We are a resource only. The schools operate the way they always have in terms of structure and accountability. They are accountable, often, many of them are church schools, so they're accountable to the churches that, 
they serve. I have said to this committee that the success of this committee and the work that we do will not be measured by what we get done, but by what our schools look like in a few years. We're not measuring our success by what we do, but, but however, rather by what our schools do. All right. Told you you're going to see the same slides. I'm not going to spend a lot of time on this vision thing, but vision is the, the long look. And yesterday when Ernie was up here, he shared their vision for their school. It was extremely good. It was extremely good. Um, one thing that he said was it included, I wrote it in my notes, I can't lay my eyes on it right now, but it included something, went something like this, equipping young men and women to be kingdom builders in the 21st century. It, it, it really went to the end product and the equipping of who it is, what the products are. So I, I, I like that a lot. Uh, I already checked. He's willing to hand that one out for free. He didn't charge me anything, so he won't charge you anything either. So just go see Ernie. Um, I wouldn't copy that word for word because if you copy someone else's vision and mission like that, you don't own it. You don't internalize it the way you do when you, when you sit down and you sweat it out yourself. All right. One other thing I wanted to say about vision is a couple of years ago, my, my oldest son and I, we went snowboarding in Colorado and I forget a lot of things that happened there, but we took, we didn't, I'd never snowboarded before and he hadn't either. So we took some lessons. We, uh, we did three hours of, I think it was three hours in the morning of, we took a, a, a guided lesson. I'll never forget the one thing the trainer said that day. He said, you are going to go wherever you look. So if you're looking there, you're gonna go there. So look the way you want to go. Don't look there and go there. Look the way you want to go. And look out ahead of yourself. It's kind of a little bit like riding a bicycle. We don't look at the front wheel. We look out ahead. That's what vision does for you. It's the long look. And then wherever you rest your eyes on, that's where you're going to end up. Okay? I told you I was going to open this up. Vision, is there any comments from the audience? Things that you'd like to say, light bulb moments that you'd like to share right now. We have a mic on the floor, it's a larger group. Put up your hand if you'd like to speak. I'd like to hear from you. What are some light bulb moments that you'd like to share with the audience before we leave? Put up your hand if you want a microphone. All right. Let's move on. You saw this slide before. 
The team, the team is important. The team is the team that looks after what happens between those two walls. And you heard me say this before. You need to have a cohesive team, a team that really works together, pulls together, integrated, unified, closely united, connected, and the team, speaking specifically to the school board, the team should be some of your best friends. Some of my best friends are here this morning. I've served with them on the school board for many years. And you know, it kind of works in reverse. When you serve with them on the school board, you go through some very good times and some very challenging times. If you can get through those times, they will become your best friends. So the team needs to be very critical. Humble, hungry, and smart. I shared this earlier. Humble means no ego. Hungry means I really care about this work. I'm interested in it. A couple times throughout the last day, I heard people say, you know, I actually kind of enjoy working on the school board. I enjoy the challenge. I do personally. I'm, I'm okay with that. I don't think there's any ego or pride in that. Um, we enjoy it. We enjoy serving in that way. Smart meaning not so much intellectually smart, but smart meaning having the ability to know what the other is feeling. Having the ability to not just open your mouth and say everything you know intellectually, but having the sense of knowing when to be quiet, when to, you know, put your antenna up and really listen to what's going on around you. Smart meaning having the ability to work with others on the team. Embrace the diversity of the board. And I heard this yesterday. Not everyone is the same. I've served with men in schoolwork where their thoughts were radically different than mine. Talk them out. Embrace the diversity. Diversity is good when it comes to these teams. The key to that is, though, be sure to be united at the end. Be sure to be united at the end. Uh, there is nothing that, I sh shouldn't say it this way, there are few things that burn me up, like sitting in a meeting and knowing that someone at the table has something to say, but they're refusing to say it. That burns me up. I'm going to poke at that person till it comes out. And the team needs to be, the team needs to verbalize, they need to be cohesive. Um, is there any comments in regards to teamwork? Any testimonies that you'd like to share? I'd like to hear them. The rest of the audience would like to hear them. I don't have all the answers to this. What are some light bulb moments that you're taking home with you regarding teamwork? Did you hear anything in the last day and a half that really made you think about teamwork and how it is you do it?
I wasn't going to use this thing necessarily, but one thing that stood out to me and I think it's very important was shared yesterday. Even if you don't agree maybe with what the rest of the board is saying, um, stick with the decision and support it. I think that's very important. What he said is, what he said is very, very true. I have come to board meetings thinking I have the answers and I've left with the decision was entirely different and yet I maybe still had some lingering sympathy for my own opinion but you have to support the decision. Alright, let's move on. Thank you for that. Anyone else? There's one back there. This may have been said uh, today or yesterday, I'm not sure, but uh, in some of the workshops or whatever, but in uh, regards to teamwork, whether it's at a minister's meeting or school board meeting or whatever it is, when uh, someone makes a motion for something, the rest of the people don't need to know who made that motion, the, the committee or the, the board uh, obviously will know that, but that doesn't need to be public opinion, uh, public knowledge. The other is if, if something uh, is passed and you voted against it, no one outside of that team needs to know that you voted against it. In fact, it's good if they don't know who made the suggestion, who voted for it or against it. That destroys teamwork and confidentiality. Thank you for that. Don't be secretive, but guard confidences. All right, I'm going to move on. We're going to run out of time, and I'm going to wrap this up pretty quickly. But in regards to your staff, I have, I said this yesterday, I'm going to say it again. Hire as few as possible. Hire as few as possible. And here's why. Polish the ones you have. Mentor them. Encourage them in their career choice. It's amazing. It's amazing. I feel strongly about this. Hire as few as possible. Develop them as people. Be structured about developing them personally. And as their career choice, be very structured about that. Get involved as a leadership to this work. Get involved in their mentoring, get involved in their development. Consistency. We talked about this. I'm just going to open it up. There's lots more I'd like to say on this. But we're going to run out of time. Light bulb moments from the audience. Consistency. What are you going to change? Are you going to go home and change something? Change a practice to enhance consistency? Is anybody going to do that? Not sure yet? Need to run it by the team? There's a, there's a hand back there. I had a renewed vision for creating uh, procedure manuals for every level, every position within the board and the school to foster consistency. Renewed vision for creating procedure manual. 
to enhance consistency. Anyone else? There's one there. I forget who said it, but the thought of sometimes you have to change to be consistent was kind of a new thought to me, and I like that a lot. I said that yesterday, but that wasn't original with me. That was original with Jonas. I heard him say that probably five years ago, and it stuck with me. So we'll give him the credit for that statement. Anyone else? What are you going to change when you go home to enhance consistency? Remember that inconsistency is demoralizing for the team, for your patrons, for your children, the children you serve in your school. Inconsistency is demoralizing. And as a team, you need to take leadership on this level. You need to be very deliberate about consistency, but not blindly just simply following what you've done in the past. Be very, always be somewhat skeptical of your own practice. Anyone else? There's one over there. I just, I just like to hammer in the uh, thought that's coming through here on being changed. Uh, some of us were at a meeting some weeks ago, and first I was taken aback. Uh, the brother said, I don't want you to be challenged. You know, we go home from a meeting like this and say, boy, I was really challenged. He said, that doesn't do anything until we're changed. So I would just like to uh, hammer that point in. That's a good thought. And you know, another thing I'd like to encourage you with, as you go home, if your entire school board is here, God bless you. If they're not here, do this anyway. Go home and debrief. I know Dwight, you're probably in the room here somewhere, Dwight Eby, but he's done a good job of this, running us through a debriefing meeting. What did you hear? What, what is it that stood out to you? What were the light bulb moments for you? Do this, do this very deliberately. You know, when you attend a meeting like this, you're going to forget a lot of things I said. You're going to forget a lot of things that all of the speakers said. But collectively, you come here and you hear different things. Debrief. If you're a chairman of the board, go home and pull your team together, your board especially, and debrief and be deliberate about action that you think you should take. Anyone else? testimonies, comments, encouragements before we head out of here. Consistency is key. All right, coherent vision. Coherent meaning audible. Coherent meaning something that can be articulated in only a few words very well, extremely well. Coherent vision. Cohesive team, hum humble, hungry, smart. 
humble, hungry, smart, cohesive team. And I say that more in the context of your board, your administration team. I know my slide showed all of the bubbles, all of the team. Consistent practice. Let's remember this. Whenever you're sitting down and contemplate, contemplating change, and we do this all the time, we talk about change. We talk about changing this and this and this. Think about it. Think about why it is you want to change. Be deliberate about why it is you want to change. All right. One more thought, then I'm going to close. You know, we come to an event like this. It's a little bit like picking up a, a pebble or a rock and throwing it into a glassy, smooth pond. We throw it in, there's a splash. Then what happens next is there's ripples. And the ripples are the effect of the splash. Coming here is a little bit like the splash. We enjoy the splash. You've enjoyed the splash. I've enjoyed the splash. The ripple effect is what happens in the days and weeks to come. The impact that those ripples will have, you and I can't measure, but it's very profound. It's very impactful for those we serve. You've enjoyed the splash. Be very responsible for the ripples. May God bless. This recording and many others are available through Christian Learning Resource, the campus bookstore at Faith Builders. Order online at www.christianlearning.org or call 877-222-4769.